welcome back to another episode of Spurs this week. I'm Toby from Underscore Spurs Center, and today I'm joined by Bodie from Hotspur.Industry. How are you doing, Bodie? I'm doing good, thanks you. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing the disastrous draw against Fulham, and then the the bounce back and the win against Sheffield United. Um, so let's just let's get right into it. Let's start with Fulham. Uh, immediate thoughts after that match. Look, I see. I was extremely disappointed. I, I just, to be honest, I kind of just, I, mm-hmm. I, with, with the form we've been on, I kind of expected the result we were going to get, but it was still frustrating to know that it happened. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I see. I, I don't. I can't really say much on it because it's only. It's just. It was just disappointing. Uh, yeah, it was really disappointing. Yeah. Um, I think uh, let's just jump right into the the comments uh, from the post on our Instagram. Uh, follow uh, at Spurs this week on Instagram, and then we'll post and you can leave comments, which we will review on the podcast. Uh, but we got quite a lot about uh, this one, so I figured we should get started with it earlier rather than later. Um, so uh, first one from Mr. Underscore B Underscore Locks. Uh, shocking. I'm sick of it. Same thing every time, no matter who we play. And don't tell me about the keeper making saves. It was poor. So yeah, I mean, ultimately it was a poor performance. Um, their keeper did make a few good saves, but um, I mean, ultimately we should be able to score more than one goal against Fulham. Um, that was just really disappointing. Yeah, I, I really agree with you there. I mean, mm-hmm. the, we have one of the best keepers in the league. Well, one of yeah. the best in the world. I mean, the keeper, we're one of the best keepers in the league, if not that's the mm-hmm. world. And, yeah. You know, the keeper can only do so much. And um, with, you know, the defensive lineup, I mean, uh, it just, it doesn't work. Now, yeah. I know, I know I'm going to get, I know I'm going to get stick from, from, from you and, you know, Charlie for this, but it was Sanchez again. Yeah, no, I, mean, I agree. It, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say it was all Sanchez's fault, but it was as a fair a, bit of dire too. But as a centre back, that's a one-on-one you should be winning, and the fact that he let that cross pass, passed, it was mm-hmm. poor, it was poor defending from, you know, to stop the header yeah. from Dyer. What, what can you blame them? Like they were pro, you know, did they're pay? They're getting paid one hundred thousand a week, you know, maybe a little less, but around that, you know, these have top here like you know the best in the world you know mm-hmm. and and then they're doing that in 1v1 situations we, we were yeah. considered can like title contenders i don't think we are anymore i think we're definitely top four top three maybe mm-hmm. but we're not title contenders yeah. mm-hmm. it, we were our fan our fan base was considering us title contenders and then when you have a play yeah. like when you have who don't get me wrong he had a solid game right i'm not gonna yeah. i'm not away from his overall performance he had a great game but he's so mistaken every game he makes at least one mistake and I knew it was a matter of time before he made it and he made that mistake in losing the 1v1 if he didn't yeah. lose that 1v1 and we never conceded that goal he would have been one of my man of the matches but because of that he basically he basically conceded us that goal with that with that poor 50-50 and then yeah. Davies walking from back from a back post what was he doing what was he yeah. doing was his man he was meant to mark him I think that was a it was Dyer who was supposed to mark him Davis Davis was in the area he should have uh read it as well but I think it was Dyer's man but I mean it was two 
both of our center backs switched off. Uh, Sanchez allowed himself to get turned and allowed the cross to come in, and then Dyer lost his man. And he just... And yes, he, it was Dyer's fault as well, but I don't blame him. I don't blame him as much as, as Sanchez because yeah. we all know that Sanchez does this every game. You know, mm-hmm. Dyer has double consistency. Every now and then he'll make one mistake per game. But overall, yeah. you know, he's, he's like... At the moment, he's our best centre-back, without a doubt. You know, people are talking about mm-hmm. Joe Rudin. He only played one game, so I'm not going to say it instantly. He played one yeah. game. At, based on just overall form, Dyer's been our best centre-back, which is why you can't blame yeah. him because every, every player makes mistakes. But when you're doing, when you're at that level and you're making that many mistakes, you're making at least one mistake per game. Like, how can you be at the club? I mean, if you mm-hmm. really want to be title contenders, I'm sorry if it upsets you, but Sanchez has to go. He just yeah. has to. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I tried to back Sanchez for a really long time. And now I'm at the point where I just, I don't see the point. Um, he he had so much potential, but I feel like he had all the physical qualities. He had the pace, he had the strength. Um, he still has that, but he just, his, uh, his uh, football IQ is just, it's not at the, it's not at a high enough level. Um, and his, his pace and the strength that like it can, nothing can compensate for having like a low football IQ. Um, Cause I mean, he just, he steps out of position so often he loses his man. Um, and I thought like, like that was something like he just, he'd get it over the years, but he, he hasn't really. So yeah, I, mean, I think it is time to move him on. And we have, we have some great center backs. I mean, waiting in the reserves, uh, Joe Rodon, who was, uh, he played exceptional against Chelsea. He played very, uh, very well against uh, Sheffield United as well. Um, and then we have Tanganga, who is, uh, you know, Academy. Um, he's a great player. I'm a really big fan of him as well. And then we have Alderweireld and Dyer. So, I mean, we are pretty set in the center back position. I mean, obviously, we want to make that, like, big center back signing. Uh, but that yeah. won't, like, when happen uh, until I, next summer, I know, at least. I know this sounds controversial, but I really don't think Milan Skriniar is the player we need to sign. I feel like he's just a player that's been overhyped by the media. I think we need someone that, you know proven you know very 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 good center back you know one that you can pay 60 mil and you'll know that you make the money you're making the price because if we knew he was good enough for the 60 million price tag we would have signed Skriniar like you know that that's what well, that would have happened he wasn't being stingy because of lack of money he just Fabrizio Romano even said um in on Twitter it was because they didn't think he was worth the money mm. I think we yeah, need I mean, someone really good, or we or we could go down another route where we go for another championship centre back like Joe Roden because he seems to be doing all right for himself. Mm-hmm. We could go for someone completely unknown, small fee, get an yeah. absolute weapon that no one knows about because we have one of the best scouting systems in the world, so that could happen. Uh-huh. Or we could go for Edna Militao, he's yeah. been rumored a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and see. I'm not just saying this because 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 I because people play FIFA and you know he's pacey. Militao yeah. is a very good centre back. Mm-hmm. I've seen him play. He's very good. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I haven't uh, seen too much of him, but I mean he seems good. He has the uh, the attributes. Uh, but I mean once again, like I don't know, I, I haven't seen too much of him, so I don't know like if he has the uh, the like positional sense of the football IQ. Um, I. I'm sure no, that he does. No, but... he, he really, he does. He's not, I think he's a fantastic centre-back. It's just, mm-hmm. he's not mentioned enough because, 
you know, Real Madrid have two of the best centre-backs in the world. They have Ramos and Varane at the back, so yeah. who, how is Militao going to be able to replace them? He's 22 <laughs> years old, you know, he's still, he's yeah. very, he's still young. You know, we could get him for a fee of about 30 million, same as uh, Sergio Raguilon, and he could end up being just as good, if not better. So, you know, yeah. He's a huge option to go for. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, we got kind of off topic there, so I think let's let's yeah. bring it back to uh, the next comment. This is a long one, but um, instantly knew that it was going to be a bad result after seeing the lineup playing three defensive midfielders against the bottom four team. When we took off Don Blay, we had no creativity. The tactics are awful. Sissoko as a right mid when we have Lucas and Bale on the bench. Go one goal up and sit back. Knew we were going to concede from the 55th minute, but what did Mourinho do? Nothing. He's a reactive manager. Only changed after the goal. Needs to be proactive. Fulham outclassed the second half. We don't have a lot of chances because of the poor football, but when we did, we squandered them. Um, <clears throat> so I think, yeah, I we did miss a lot of chances. I mean, I think I saw something that was like seven big chances yeah, created, must, six big chances I must, missed. I must say, based on how long we've had, how long we've had Jose, I think I'm able to have a pretty good evaluation on him. I think he's a, he's a, you know, he can be, if he sees the talent in a player, he's very committed to them. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone like Deli Ali, who he doesn't, who he doesn't believe in, he just doesn't, he do, he just doesn't give a crap. He, you know, he just, yeah. he just lies on his ass, he's lazy. And then when play, like, I don't blame the players for that. I mean, yeah, sitting back after one goal, but he, they, there's no chance that Harry Kane and Son and all, you know, these are the best attacking footballers in the world, right? Mm, well, there's no way they're sitting back unless Jose Mourinho told them to. I refuse to believe that they would do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, like I said earlier, but, I mean, there were seven big chances created and six big chances missed. I mean, Son, if he had scored that goal, we would have won the game, uh, the, the one that hit the post where he had the breakaway. Um, so, I mean, we did have multiple chances where we could have put the, ourselves in front. So, I mean, you can put it down to Mourinho's tactics, but I think that players also have to bear some responsibility because, uh, I mean, like we said earlier, Sanchez and Dyer switched off for the Fulham goal. We missed uh, some big chances. Um, so, I mean, I think the, the blame can be placed on both um, Mourinho and the players. Uh, but yeah, I don't I think like, it's just... It's just... It's so frustrating to have Jose as your manager because he can't, he doesn't hold himself accountable. But when he does make his own mistakes, he just blames mm-hmm. the players. And that's the most annoying thing about having him as the manager is how much he's been blaming the players. I don't think, like, sure, yeah, the players can be held accountable for some actions, right? Like, you know, having mm-hmm. a poor 50 50 like Sanchez did, you know, that's his, that's his fault. Like, Jose isn't mm-hmm. telling them to mess it up. <laughs> um, but, yeah. You can't blame your players for every for everything that happens. You know, yeah. you guarantee a lot of that will be his fault. You know, he uses he uses Delhi as a scapegoat. He just decides to blame it on him when he, when he has no one else to blame it on himself. He just yeah. decides, oh yeah, he done the fancy flick and it didn't work. Oh yeah, we'll just blame Delhi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. Uh, our biggest issue, or at least one of our biggest issues, came when um, uh, Dombele was taken off. Because, I mean... And Dombele think... played full 90. He scored an absolute screamer, and then we won 3-1. I mean, I, yeah, that yeah. says enough. But, uh, against Fulham, I mean, he was taken off with 10 minutes to go, just about. And 
um, we just we don't have that outlet to bring us from defense to offense when we don't have uh, Dombele on the field. Uh, Los Celso can do it, but it's I think it's really hurt us that Los Celso is out injured right now um, because I think Los Celso and Dombele are the only players who can really bring the ball from defense and then create an opportunity uh, for either Kane yeah, or but Son that's not, in I space. I don't think that's that's not what we need. We need some. We need a final third attacking midfielder, someone like you know Bruno Fernandez that can create space from absolutely nothing. You know. Well, I mean, I don't think. I, I know Bruno. Bruno does get overhyped at some points, but you can't deny he's one of. He's been on form this season. He's been one of the best in the league. He disappears <laughs> in big games, though. Yeah. Um, but but I think I think we like De, De Bruyne, like that type of player. Um, but. Um, we need someone that can run the full 90, be all over the pitch, ping balls in yeah. left, right, center. You know, someone like Coutinho. Or, uh, you know, I don't think he would run all over for us. Yeah, he, oh, Yes, he would. Mm. Did you see what he'd done for Liverpool? Yeah, that was that was for Liverpool, and that was a while ago. Getting back on track, let's uh, move on to our next comment. Um, this is from Bartek underscore one, two, three. Uh, we should play like this when we lose a goal. Uh, play this when we, uh, why don't we play like this when we won three? No, I am very disappointed. I think um, he's saying when we play like this, uh, we always get conceded on and that we should only play like this when we're winning three zero. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're all disappointed. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't think that we can just sit back. Although like, this is what I keep coming back to is like we sit back and then we have these lethal counterattacks. And uh, today it was Sun who missed uh, a breakaway uh, against Liverpool. It was Bergvine who missed a breakaway. And so uh, Kane, I think, missed a, uh, an open header. So it's, I mean, you can't really blame Kane or Sun. They've been on such fine form this season. But I mean, we need our forwards when they're in those positions. We need them to score. So, or we need a third source of goals, which is what we were just talking about with a, uh, an attacking mid. But another thing I want to mention is, do you think that uh, Tangi and Dombele can become our third source of goals following his uh, his goal against Wolves and his goal against Sheffield? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think he'll always pop a good goal here and then, but he's not. He's not that type of player. Or you know, Jose has turned him into a you know a deep line playmaker, someone who can take the ball deep, carry it up the field, find a pass. You know, fancy. You know, not flicks, but you know, improvisation skill to beat the man. You know, mm-hmm. you know he'll he'll play it simple when he ha- when he can, but when he has to, you know, improvise. You know, he's so good at that, and I think that's something that Jose really likes. You know, Hoybe is strong mm-hmm. and and you know sturdy, but he doesn't. He's not able to improvise from a tight space. He always has to pass back. But Indomble mm-hmm. players like Indomble is also able to carry it upfield, and you know, they're more goal providers rather than you know. The ones actually scoring. So no, I don't see that happening. But yeah. I, but yeah, he's a great player. Yeah, he's a great player. Uh, I do see what you're saying, but I mean, I think that he could potentially chip in with seven to like eight or nine uh, Premier League goals a season. Um, I mean, this season he's on. I guess he's only on three, and we're just a just about halfway. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, I, I could see, I could see him, you know, turning up in the second half of the season and chipping in with a few more goals. But uh, I do think we need someone who could hit like 10 to 15 goals from midfield, especially uh, when we're relying on Kane and Sun so heavily. It just opens up uh, more space for the pair of them because uh, defenders have to mark our uh, attacking mid who's going to be chipping in with those goals. But at this point in time, I mean, when opposition's locked down Kane and Sun, uh, they locked down Spurs. I think that's the, the biggest issue we're facing right now, along with our center backs. But let's move right along to our next um, comment uh, from Elliot Durgan. Uh, sorry, Elliot o- O'Durgan. Um, Sissoko was so disappointing. I mean, I am not the biggest fan of Sissoko, I'll be honest. I think I prefer uh, Harry Winks to him. But I think when we're playing against teams like Fulham or Sheffield, are just generally teams that are in the bottom half, it's better to have a player who is um, more comfortable with the ball at their feet, uh, someone like Harry Winks, rather than someone who is um, someone like Sissoko who doesn't seem as comfortable with the ball at his feet. But when we're playing uh, like traditional big six teams or, or Leicester or like uh, Aston Villa or someone who are going to be playing on the counterattack, I think it's better to have Sissoko because he can make those like long driving runs when he has that space to counterattack into. Um, rather than Harry Winks, but Sissoko against these uh, these smaller teams who just sit back, he I think he just gets lost uh, against Marine. I didn't think he was uh, I didn't think he was very good uh, against Fulham. I didn't think he was very good uh, against like Burnley going back uh, going back into the beginning of the season. Burnley West Brom. I didn't think he was great there either. Um, so I think having someone like Harry Winks is better. But then against Liverpool and Man City and neither, Arsenal, I, I thought Sissoko was better. I think neither of them are, you know, good for the small teams. Um, you don't think so? No. I think Harry Winks, I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest. I don't think Harry Winks fits our style of play. Um, you know, he just, he passes backwards or to the sides. I, I don't, I barely see him, you know, play a ball up. You know, he's just, he passes a lot and, you know, he's consistent with it. He, 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 very, he makes very minimal mistakes, but he never, he never progresses anything in attack or defense. Mm-hmm. He hasn't, he doesn't help the team in any way. I think that's a bit harsh. Um, I mean, a lot of the time, I mean, this season, I think it's kind of stereotypical to say that Harry Winks never uh, passes the ball forward, but this season, I feel like if you've really watched him, he's, done a better job of trying to move the ball forwards um getting the ball in deep areas and then playing them out like maybe out wide just to Reguillon uh, but like playing it just a little forwards and then Reguillon has more space on the outside or playing it to Aurier or playing the ball into Dombele because I mean at the end of the day his job is just to get the ball to players who can do the damage whether that be Reguillon, Sun, Kane, uh, Dombele, Bergvine I mean you know he hasn't done except in the season but that's not how it works You, you can't yeah, he's getting better, but he's, that doesn't mean he's good enough, you know. You don't. Yeah, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm saying that I think he's better than Sissoko. Get the gold medal for, for effort. You know, that you yeah. have to have that in your locker where you're able to do that. And, you know, just just playing it out to Regulon or Ori, any mm-hmm. player at this level realistically should be able to do that. I mean, it's not difficult. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, get what, I get what you're saying, but I really don't think that... Um, I, I personally don't agree. I think Sissoko, you know, he's big, strong, you know. He's really Yeah, he's good big and strong, but I feel like he really loses the ball more often. Anything. 
yeah, he loses the ball, but he's so he's got such a good drive about him. He's able to get back instantly, even if he does lose the ball. Mm-hmm. He may be less consistent, but at least, you know, at least he attempts things, and he, at least he's able to get back. But when if he does lose the ball, if his teammates lose the ball, he's always there. He's always back. And you know, and him and Hoybier are the best. You know, the best defensive partnership we have. Mm-hmm. Would you agree or not? I like no. I, I agree that Sissoko and Hoybier are the best defensive partnership. But like, I feel that we rely too heavily on Sun and Kane and Dombele when we have Sissoko and Hoybier. Um, Hoybier has actually chipped in a couple times this season with assists, but um, it just winks. I feel like on the ball, he's better for the team than Sissoko. It doesn't. It doesn't. That doesn't matter though, because you don't need to. You don't need to rely on other players when you have these top quality players. It's not like. Well, but it's we do like, because we're not, not like creating we're gonna say, oh, It's not like we're going to say, okay, we have Harry Kane and Hoopman Son fully fit, but we still need more players that can do that. I mean, these are two These are two of the best players in the world. You know, why would mm-hmm. we need to find more players like that when we already got two of the best? You know, we need... Yeah, I mean, I see what you're we saying. We need more players that can do the job and we'll be able to set up these these players. And that's what, you know, mm-hmm. Regulon with the header, with the yeah. header done. And you know, Ori, he's got a good delivering. And then Ndombele is always able to create for Son. Son and then Kane to Son. And you know, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Mourinho's got worked out with the whole planning and the tactics. It doesn't involve midfielders other than Ndombele and the Salso getting up the pitch and helping out. It's mm-hmm. you know like I agree with this with Jose. Jose's seen it as we got two of the best players of the world. We're gonna use them. We're not going to yeah. just go ahead in the transfer window, buy more players like them, and then just have all these world beaters on the team because that's not how football works. You know, you can't just do that. So what well, he's yeah. he's used what he has and then just built on it. And you know yeah. that's work. I know it's getting off topic, but I just think Jose he fits Jose. He, I think Musa suits Jose's style better and his overall, you know. He's more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Oh, I disagree with that. I don't think Sissoko is... Okay, here, this is the last thing we'll say on it because we have to start getting to the other comments. But I don't think that Sissoko is more well-rounded than Winks. I think Winks is a little more well-rounded. Uh, he has better touch. I think he has a little bit uh, better positional sense. His passing's a little better. Um, but we should probably get into the next comment because we have quite a few of these to go. Um, uh from Xander underscore Watson 44. Uh, shit, mate. Jose needs a fucking talking to you about these lineup selections. Takes the piss. And yes, I agree that the... here. Actually, I'm just going to say these next two because they're pretty much the same. Um, from Sam Slater 88. Uh, we set up as if we are scared of Fulham. They played three stadiums against the side that have minimal creativity through the middle. Um, and uh, this is pretty much the same thing too. Uh, from Josh Cook 111. How can we start a game against Fulham with Hoybier, Winks, and Sissoko? Nothing against them, but it's such a negative midfield to start a game with. Also, imagine being Gareth Bale and watching Lamella get subbed on while you sit on the bench. Poor um, Sissoko shouldn't be trusted as he is from Alfie Styles underscore. And yeah, so those, those are all basically the same. But I do think that starting with three CDMs was a mistake. I don't understand why we would have done that. Um, having someone on the field like uh, Lamella or Bale or Lucas Mora, uh, I think that would have I don't just think offered. Good enough defensively to call him a CDM. 
Yeah, I mean, well, but he's not really a. That's like he plays in the the deep like deep role. I think that's what they mean. Um, yeah, he's I probably not good enough defensively to be called. No, receiver. I still think I I think like I people call him wings to CDM. I really don't think he's good enough defensively to call him that. It's just not something that's a part of his game. It's more, yeah. You know, I I see him as more. Like, you know, if he was playing really, really well, I would have saw him as more of an attacking player. But because he's mm-hmm. lacking confidence, you know. Yeah. It's just, it's difficult to explain. I just, I think yeah. he was, if he was, you know, playing at his best, I would see him as more of a, you know, centre mid to drifting into a central attacking mid sort of player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's too, he's too scared to play those passes, you know, up front. He's too scared that he's going to lose the bomb and let the team down. So, you know, mm-hmm. that he plays deep. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. But uh, I think just having more attacking players uh, than Winks on the field would have helped us against Fulham. Um, like I was saying, someone like Lamella, like Lucas Mora, like Bale. Um, and then the substitutions, I thought, didn't make sense from Mourinho either. Uh, I mean, he did bring on Lamella, but why on earth did he only use two subs and why didn't he bring on Bale? I mean, taking off uh, Dombele, but leaving on Sissoko and uh, Hoybier, it just, it, it doesn't make sense. Um, like, why would you take off our most attacking center mid and leave on our two most defensive center mids when we're trying to get the winning goal? It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. And when you still have an extra sub, I mean, I get why he would take off Dombele. I mean, Dombele's fitness is notoriously not the greatest, but um, just put attacking players on and they'll create something. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you should have kept Ndombele on. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you've seen what he can do when he plays the full 90. I mean, he's got a screamer. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I think he should have took Sissoko off. Yeah, I agree. Probably took off uh, Bergvine. It was Bergvine playing, I think. No, more? no, he wasn't. Who's playing? It was uh, Wings, Hoybier, Sissoko, Dombele, Son, and Kane, who are attacking, or are midfield and forwards. All right, well, I think I've, I agree that he took off Kane. I want, I, I'd want to save Kane, put on Vinicius, mm-hmm. Vinicius, Lamella, and... Bale for Son, Kane, yeah. and Sissoko. I mean, you I know? would have left Kane on. Um, I would have taken off. I mean, if he really felt like he needed to take Dombele off, I would have taken off Dombele, Winks, and Sissoko. And then just, I mean, because at the end of the day, I'd rather us go all in and try to get that winner and the game ends 1-1 than us take off Dombele and put on Vinicius and take off Winks and put on Lamella and then sit back with two defensive mids and put on two strikers and then have two wingers, I guess. But, like, if we would have put on Bale for Soko, we would have had Lamella, Lamella, who could play as an attacking mid, Bale, Vinicius, Son, and Kane. And I feel like between those five players, we must have been able to get a goal. So I, just, I don't understand why he wouldn't have put on, um, putting on Bale. I mean, I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but next, moving, next. yeah, moving on to the next one. Um, from interesting tactics, uh, same old shit. Yeah, I mean, 
getting really quite tired of scoring early and then conceding late, and the game ends up as a 1-1 I mean, draw. What he said, it's nothing new. I mean, we've heard it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now from, oh, I have no idea, uh, Rob J. Gibson, there we go, uh, 2018. Uh, has anyone else noticed when we don't play Toby, uh, we don't score more than one and end up losing our drawing? I think uh, Toby Alderville is an underrated player in our attacking um, sense. I mean, uh, I, it, it, this may sound controversial, but he's the best passing center back in the world. Yeah, I agree with that. Or he's definitely top three. You know, no, he's the best in the world. You know, his diagonal passes are in, are insanely good. Mm-hmm. You know, I would find him just for those passes. Like yeah. he can. But he, as a centre back, he doesn't even need to be defensive. He can create so much. As a if stick him in midfield, his passing already does more than what Winks does. He's, yeah. he's sensational. I mean, he, yeah. Some of the passes he does, he can he goes from one end of the pitch and he can pick pick out Regulon from left wing. You know, it seems it's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah, he's in, he's incredible. Yeah, so I, I don't understand why he dropped Alderweireld for Sanchez for this game. Um, because I think all the build is such an important uh, part of our defense. And then, like I was just saying, he's such an important part of our offense. Um, when I was doing, when I was looking at uh, how many, uh, who had the most pre-assists first first of the season, it was, uh, it was all the world. So. Look, correct me if I'm wrong, but Liverpool's ne- next week. Am I right? Uh, not next week. It's at the end of the month, but it's our next Premier League game. All right. Well, um, I think Ro- Rodan and Alderweireld's going to be the two centre-backs. I don't think he's going to drop Dyer. I mean, I think it should be Rodon and Alderweireld, but he's not going to drop Dyer. Uh, I, th- I think he will for this game because, I mean, he'll be saving Sanchez and, you know, Dyer's played two games, full 90. You know, he's got to give Alderweireld a chance and then everyone's been hyping up Rodon since the Sheffield game. You know, it's it's the most realistic and I'd be surprised if I saw Jose not play the two of them. Or if... Well, I mean, because uh, Liverpool, we don't play Liverpool. Or you will play a back three with Dyer, Roden, and Alderweireld. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I don't see Dyer not starting against Liverpool because I mean we know Mourinho loves Dyer, and we have what's today's date? 18th. We have 10 days before we play Liverpool, and we the only team we play in between that is Wickham in the FA Cup. So I just. Would love for what you're saying to be true, and that Alderweireld and Rodon start, but I think it's probably going to end up being uh, Dyer and Alderweireld against Liverpool. But I think I think it's better to have someone like Alderweireld on the field who's comfortable with the ball at his feet and can hit those long balls to uh, Reggian on the left or to Bergvine on the right or just to Kane up top uh, or to Sun. So yeah, I mean it's going to be tricky. But uh, getting into our next comment from. Uh, Samuel, who's on the pod, uh, thfc.national, uh, get ready for a load more Mourinho masterclasses when we get a lucky draw against Sheffield United. So we did end up winning the game against Sheffield United, but I get the point he's trying to make um, <clears throat> that Mourinho's being a little over-celebrated, but I don't, I don't think he is. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, um, he... I can't really, I don't really know what to say about that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, right. we got the win, so I, we got the win, so it speaks for itself. Yeah. All right. Um, from 
uh, Bart E K K K. How many do you have? Uh, just a couple more. Um, underscore one two three. Uh, just says Sanchez with three laughing emojis. I think we've already we've already talked about this, but yeah, yeah he was at fault. Um, and this is basically along the same lines from C Z E E K O. Uh, sorry to say that, but Sanchez fucked up uh, the goal. If Toby will play, I think he wouldn't have allowed the pass. And yeah, I think Toby is better defensively, so I don't think he would have let uh, the pass through. I, we basically, we've talked about that. Um, from Medi T Habit underscore official, we're a mid-table team with spirit of beating big clubs. With spirit of beating big clubs. I mean, saying we're a mid-table team is a little dramatic, but um, we do seem to play better against the big clubs. I mean, sometimes I wish we could just play Man City every week, but uh, yeah. Um, and then I think this is the last one um, from Geo underscore W E I R two seven zero. I just want Poch back <sighs> right now. If Pochettino was available, would and he wanted to come back, would you sack Mourinho and bring in Pochettino? No. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, Pochettino was here with, for five years. He had an incredible squad, and we won zero trophies. Um, I don't know. I, think, I don't think. I know. I don't. I really don't think that's down to Poch. I mean, he's needed these reinforcements, which Levy did not pay. Which which Levy did not pay for. But the reason why I wouldn't sack Mourinho now is because Mourinho is still in the middle of building this. You know his his team. You know, he's still got more, most of Poch's players. He's in the yeah. middle of constructing his own team. And within about five seasons, if he's still manager, he will have won at least one Premier League and he'll won the Europa League and maybe even the Champions League. I don't I don't I'm not I don't know. But he's constructing a very, very good team. And for Poch to come in and just ruin that and just, you know, try and restart and Yeah. Well, I mean, it, if we brought in Pochettino it, right now... It'd fall, it fall apart, like, before and worse. Yeah. If we brought in Pochettino right now, he'd be playing with the same team he had before he left. Um, but, I mean, starting lineup-wise, he'd be playing with the same team, plus Bergvine, uh, Hoybier, and uh, Reguillon. So, I mean, it, just, it wouldn't be that much of a difference from the squad that he was failing with. So I think just we need more time before we bring Pochettino back because bringing him back now, I think, would just be a recipe for disaster. Besides, he's doing well for himself in a PSG, so. Yeah. Alrighty. So those, that's the uh, last of the comments. Um, any, anything else you want to add on the Fulham game? No. It was, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Only thing I want to say is, what a cross from Reggion. I mean, that was pinpoint right on Kane's head. Yeah. Alrighty. Um, so let's move right along to the Sheffield United game. Um, the 3-0 win. We finally won. Um, Aurier with the header. Kane putting us 2-0 in front. McGoldrick pulling one back. And less than three minutes after that, Dombele with the wonder strike to put us uh, back with that two-goal advantage. Um, oh, uh, here, I, we didn't do it for the Fulham game, but we can do it for the uh, Sheffield United game. Uh, let's do our three stars, two stars, and one star for our uh, three best players in the match. 
uh, I'll start since I just kind of jumped uh, brought this on you, but I will give my three to Kane, my two to Dombele, and my one to Son. Wait, so who's your man of the match, Son? Uh, Kane, no, no, Kane. Oh. No, I don't know. In Dombele, uh, in Dombele, be my man of the match. Mm-hmm. I'd say for me, Birdvine would be like in with a shout of being um, my like being in there, but I think just Kane, Dombele, and Son were the three best today. For me, or I say. For me, I do. Ndombele three, Joe Roden two, and no, Harry Kane two, and Joe Roden one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, so there's only a couple of comments for this one, so uh, we can just get right through it. Um, so from Mr. Underscore B underscore Locks, Tangi Goat with the goat emoji. Uh, I mean, yeah, what a game from him. What a finish. Yeah, that going to be the, the Puskas? It was, something, it was definitely something special. Mm-hmm. Do you think it'll win the Puskas? <laughs> uh, nah, I don't think it will, but it, he'll have a good shot. Yeah, just a match. And though if um if we won the Puskas two years in a row or a player from Spurs won the Puskas two years in a row, that'd be crazy. All right, and then from uh Brooke Murray 14, uh Rodon needs to play more. I feel like he can protect us from set pieces much better. Yeah, I thought I thought uh Rodon was exceptional, and I think he is I think he's one of our taller center backs. So uh his aerial uh, I think he won the most aerial duels in the match uh, in the Sheffield United game. So, I, I don't, this I think is something I have to mention with Spurs fans, right? Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, you know I I love Spurs fans. I'm one myself, but something we do <laughs> is infuriating. It's so infuriating is how quickly Spurs fans hop on to stuff. You know, Joe Roden mm-hmm. has one good yeah. game. He's the best, and he's one of the best centre backs in the well, Premier League. That, to be fair, Joe, he the had... Next, Joe, no, the next... No, I know. I understand that. But it, if Joe Roden had a trash game the next game, he, people would be like, oh, no, I don't want playing him anymore. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I was just going to say that, to be fair, he has had three good games. Uh, he played well against Chelsea. Uh, I mean, you know, it was against 8th Division Marine that he had his other good game against, and he played well what against Sheffield. I do agree with you. What happened to Troy Parrott? He was the most hyped youngster in the youth yeah. academy. A year later, and everyone's and Dane Skulls, the talk of the town, and no one's mentioning mm-hmm. Troy anymore. Yeah. It, yeah it's I not. It's, again, I understand nothing personal, yeah. but it's absolutely infuriating how people do this. And you know, yeah. and the, 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 thing that really, the thing that annoyed me the most was when people kept on saying, sign Milan Skriniar. I've said this so many times, Fabrizio Romano even said on Twitter, we're not signing Skriniar, we're not signing him in January, it's not, the deal's just not going to happen. But Spurs fans still think that it's going to happen, they're like, oh no, we want Milan Skriniar, we want Milan Skriniar. And I was like, how do you know he's even good? And they're like, oh yeah, I watched him play. I know that's a lie. <laughs> it's just, he, it's just he's a player that got hyped up by the media, so, so Spurs fans thought, oh yeah, he must be a good player then. It, it got to yeah. a point where I ended up just deleting messages, uh, not messages, deleting comments on my post of people saying, oh, yeah, we want Skriniar. It was infuriating. Yeah. Uh, I do agree, though, that, like, I mean, it's not just Spurs fans. I mean, it's every fan base, but just, like, jumping on the bandwagon of, uh, um, like, oh, we want 
Skriniar in one case, or uh, a player has a bad game, uh, like Bergvine, and then everyone is like, I'll get Bergvine out of my club. Or uh, Aurier makes one mistake in a match, and before the game, I mean, Spurs fans were talking about how uh, he was the best right back in the league this season, and then he made that mistake against Leicester, and now uh, a lot of people are asking for him to be sold this summer. So um, I think that it's just that social media, um, it's reactive, but I mean, there's always there's always the fans that are going to uh, stick with the players. And uh, I mean, even if player people are saying that they want um, Aurier out of the club or they want Bergman out of the club, I mean, they're, they're fans. They're just, uh, they want what's best for the club. And that's how they think is the best way to achieve it. But <clears throat> uh, getting back into the Sheffield United game, um, what do you think of the formation, the three-four-three? It it seems to it seems to be working for us. I mean, I said yeah. it a while ago that I you know I wanted us to play the formation. I think we play well with the formation, and we have been playing well with the formation. No, mm-hmm. I I can't complain. You know, I'm real. Um, it's what I wanted earlier on. You know, when I first yeah. started the pod, I openly said at the start of the season. You know, it's what I wanted. I wanted us to play mm-hmm. this formation. We're now finally playing, it and we're winning games, and we're doing well. So I, yeah. I like it. I don't know about other Spurs fans, but I like it. I'm happy we're playing it. And, you know, I hope we continue to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the 3-4-3. We played, uh, we played uh, really well with it in the um, the season where we finished second with uh, 86 points under Pochettino. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a good formation. Um, the only thing I would change is putting in maybe uh, Alderweireld for Ben Davis. But I think Mourinho just wants that left-footed uh, left center back. So, but yeah, I think that's just about all I have to say about the Sheffield game. Anything to add to the Sheffield game? No, not really. All right, anything to add before we uh, we wrap up the pod? Uh, do you not want to preview Liverpool? Oh, yeah. Well, let's preview uh, Wickham because that's our next game. Um, how confident are you feeling heading into the, uh, the Wickham game? We should win. Yeah, we should win 100,000%. I don't think there's much much else to say on that, to be honest. But yeah. um, it's it's going to be a game where I feel like they're going to sit back. They're going to look to hit us on the counter. Uh, I think the only other time we played them was a uh, we we beat them four three in 2017. Um, we had to score. I think yeah, we scored a goal in the 89th minute and then a goal in the 90th minute. Uh, we were losing three um, two. So we do have to be uh, cautious of their threats. Uh, Akin Fenwa obviously is uh, one of the biggest and strongest players in the game. Uh, so we'll have to match someone who can uh, really take him in terms of strength. And then hopefully some of our youngsters, uh, the ones who are left at the club who haven't been loaned out, um, will get some minutes. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think Jensen Fernandez uh, might get some minutes. I don't think, I think he's going to stay at the club now uh, following his, uh, he was on the bench against Sheffield United and Deli Ali wasn't there. And then um, he was, um, and then uh, Harvey White was loaned out. So I think that will keep him just for that extra midfield cover. So I think we're getting some minutes. Do you want to do predict the lineups? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Joe Hart is going to start in goal. Uh, we'll see. I think. Ben Davis at left back, Rodon and Tanganga at center back, Doherty at right back, um, Winks 
and uh, Winks and Judson, and then Lamella as an attacking mid. Then we'll see uh, Bale on the right. Um, uh, Vinicius is forward, and then I'm not sure who's going to play on the left. But I guess I think, I'm, we'll, I think we'll see some start, gonna, I guess. I think we're going to play a 4 2 3 1. I think we're going to see um, Hart, Davies. Um, I think we're going to see Alderweireld and uh, yeah. Sanchez or Roden. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to see Matt Doherty. Um, you don't think we're going to see Tanganga? Nah, I don't think so. I feel I don't think he's much fit. You don't think so? Uh, I think he was on the bench against. All right, never mind. Keep going. I think we're not. Go- I think we're going to play Winks, Sissoko, and maybe maybe Lamella or Jetson. Mm-hmm. Then that Bale, Vin- Vinicius, and either Mora or Son. Yeah. All right, I think I think that's the lineup that should get the job done. Um, and then I think we'll have Kane and Dombele and uh, all those danger players on the bench just just in case. But I mean, ultimately, we should be um, in the like we should be one of the favorites to win this competition. So uh, we should breeze through this game and then uh, set ourselves up to play against Liverpool. I think uh, three or four days later. So yeah. Anything to add? Uh, No. All right. Well, thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Spurs This Week. Uh, Remember to follow us on Instagram so that we can review your comment. Uh, It's called Spurs This Week on Instagram. No underscores or any dots or anything, just all together, all lowercase. Uh, I was joined by Bodhi today from Hotspur.Industry, and I'm, of course, Toby from Underscore Spurs Center, all on Instagram. And uh, Bodhi just made a Twitter, so you should go follow him on that as well. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and come on, you Spurs. How long was that?